So some of you may wonder, it, and I, I can't see what's going on behind me, but sometimes I like to raise my hand during the song. And I just feel that um, I like to open myself up to God. So let me just challenge those of you that like to just stand there like this while we're praising God to just try maybe to open your arms. Then maybe just try to unclench your fist and just feel the presence of God coming into your life. Okay? Praise be to God. Um, one of the things that I just learned this morning, and many of you know Gary and Kelly Rowland, um, COVID has hit their home, and Kelly is in the hospital right now uh, with that. So we want to keep her in our prayers. Um, also, the other thing that I didn't mention earlier and I want, want to mention is Doris Shively's uh, memorial service. We are going to have one here on March 14th at 3 o'clock. So that's something that uh, Chris and Jay and I are working out to, to get all the details. But I just wanted to give you a heads up that that will be coming on March 14th at 3 o'clock. Let's go to our Lord in prayer right now. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you as this community that we call Dunfee Missionary Church, part of your body, because you've called us here to be such. Father, we think of Kelly now as she's in the hospital, and we just pray that you reach out your hand and touch her with your healing hand in the way that only you can do, the way that just brings awe upon the nurses and the staff and the doctors around here because you can heal the things that we can't even understand. Father, we, we pray as we uh, prepare for Doris's memorial, we pray for Chris in the loss of her mother and we pray for Jay and just ask that you continue to comfort them and bring them the peace that passes all understanding that uh, we learn about in your scripture. Father, we pray for our community that um, you will help them to see this church, your body, as something that brings awe to them so that they want to know more about who you are. And they want to know, know more about whose we are. Help us to be bold in sharing what it is that makes us Christians. Father, we pray for our transition team as they gather today to get to know one another a little bit closer and, and to discern your good, pleasing, and perfect will for this church. And we just pray that you help to open their minds, that you pour some ideas into their minds that will help us to understand where we are and where you are calling us to be as the Dunfee Missionary Church. And we pray for the leadership, Lord. Continue to pour your giftedness out upon them and, and help them to lead us into the future that you're calling us to. Lord, we pray for the staff here at Dunfee and just pray that you touch them in a special way. Help them to know that this is a ministry that you've called them to. Father, we pray for all the members and, and those who attend this church that we do one another things together. Father, I'm just so encouraged when I talk to those that are shut in and I hear that people have reached out to them over the phone and prayed with them and just call them to see how they're doing and, and people have brought meals to their home and helped them out in that way. 
Lord, may we be able to make connections with more in our community to show your love in this way and in other ways. Father, we pray for the things that are very difficult on our hearts here today. Each one of us brings our own needs before you now in our quietness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and forever will be. Thank you, God, for letting us come to you, into your throne room and bringing our needs and our concerns to you. Hear us now as we open your word. Help us to understand your word deeper and give it meaning in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's message <clears throat> is the final message in the series, Philippians, This is Living. Today's message is titled, God Provides. And it comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 14 to 20. So if you would go ahead and uh, find that place in your Bibles. I've got some things that I want you to think about um, before I start to really break down these verses in the book of Philippians. One of them is this. Are you content with your financial situation in life? Now, I just want you to think about that and answer it in your own mind to God. And I want you to think about why or why not? Number two, are you financially supporting someone in ministry? Number three, do you tithe to the local church? Again, why or why not? Do you give generously? And number five, do you feel empowered by God to endure difficult times when it seems like maybe there just isn't enough? Think about these things, how you answer those questions, and why or why not. As I read to you from Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 14. If you want to follow along in the Pew Bibles, it's on page 1,827. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you, you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. 
I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Whenever I speak on the subject of giving, I'm aware that I'm dealing with a sensitive area where people are easily offended. But please, people, even online, don't disconnect yet. The common complaint is the church is always after my money. I want you to know that I preach and teach from the word of God. It's between you and God if you feel like you're being hit where it hurts. If you are visiting with us or visiting online and listening for the first time, you should know that we are preaching through the book of Philippians. It's my duty to speak on the text as the text is written. And today is your lucky day. Today just happens to be when the scripture talks all about giving money. The Bible speaks very plainly about money because our hearts and our wallets are so tightly bound. They're so bound up together, but God is after our hearts. Here are some interesting facts that I ran across this week while I was preparing for this message today. The Bible offers about 500 verses on prayer about 500 verses on faith. But there are more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Apparently, God cares about our financial situation. It's probably good for you to know that I do not know how much anyone in here gives, whether it's a little or a lot. If you think that I'm looking at you because you don't give very much, it's just your guilty conscience. And if you fake it and smile back at me, I just might think that you're a big giver. Your giving habits really are between you and God. Faking it with a smile can fake me out, but it won't fool God. Since the COVID-19 pandemic, churches have not been able to pass the offering plate. Have you noticed that? Something different going on on Sunday mornings. We don't pass the offering plate. But this does not relinquish our need to give. Our offering is still very much a part of our worship to our great God, our walk with God. I haven't even mentioned offerings since I came to Dunphy, I, I had to ask Brian, are we doing okay? You know, perhaps I failed to mention that. Tithes and offerings to the church. 
are really a part of our worship to God. So I want to take a couple moments now to just fill you in on how you can give to Dunfee Missionary Church. There's an offering plate in the back. So you can give on your way out or you can give on your way in. Think of it as you do that, as you place your offering in that plate that you are worshiping God. There's a way to give online. You can go to the webpage to dunfeemc.org. Dunfeemc.org. We all need to know that. When your friends ask, are you online? Yes, we are at dunfeemc.org. That's where you can listen to the messages. That's where you can give online. There's a Give Online button. You click on the Give Online button, and then another button comes up that says Donate Here. You click on that button, and then you can give. Sounds easy, right? Well, there is a little bit more to it. You do have to set up your own account online. So if it makes you nervous, but you would like to give that way, contact myself or Brian, or Max, somebody from the board can help walk you through how to do that. You also have a place to designate for general offering. And let me just tell you up front, your general offering should be your tithes. And you can also give to benevolence, capital project, and missions. Those are additional offerings. You can also choose the frequency that you give. So once you fill this out, you can give every month without ever going in there again or you can give every week without going in again so it's important if you want to be able to do that to know how to get in and do that um, under the contribution information you enter a, a card number so like a credit card number we don't recommend credit we recommend a debit card number or you can give them your bank routing information number and the bank routing information number, just for your information, is the cheapest way to give. It's just a flat little fee. If you give using a card, there's a percentage that um, the bank institution also takes out of that. Okay, another way that you can give is direct pay. Contact your bank. If you've never done this before, you can pay bills um, and just tell the bank to send the check directly to the electric company for example you can also do that at the church you can contact your bank and say i want a check to go to the church for my tithe and i know every month i make this much so i want this much money to go to the church and they will send a check to dunphy missionary church and then the last way is mail united states postal service still works you can write a check, you can put a stamp on the envelope, put the address on there, and it'll be sent to the church. Just a word of warning, I know some people think that's the safest way. At New Hope Church when I was there, um, one of the members was contacted by the state police, I think they were in Pennsylvania, that um, one of their checks had been stolen, and apparently it was taken out of the church mailbox after it had been delivered. And these people were going around, even going around Indiana, 
it was like fourth, close to 4th of July, so maybe they were visiting family, but they were going through mailboxes at churches and taking out their mail, and then they went back, and they were able to cash it, believe it or not. Somehow they were able to cash it. And the church never knew that they didn't receive the payment. Um, so just be aware that that's not necessarily the safest way. Um, just as a matter of caution, I try to check the mailbox frequently when I come in just to make sure we don't leave mail out there for a long time. So we're taking our precautions. Okay, so now back to our scripture. This is a thank you note from Paul to the church in Philippi. Paul wrote to the Philippians who had given sacrificially to meet his need. It is in this part of the chapter 4 that we receive one of the most comforting promises in the Bible. It goes like this. If we give faithfully to the Lord's work, he will provide for all our needs. This is a conditional promise similar to what we had last week about God's peace that passes all understanding. It's not right to go in and just look at verse 19 in our scripture today without the context of the previous verses. It is to people who give faithfully and generously that God's word says this, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. There are many biblical principles about faithful giving. Here are four principles of faithful giving that I think we can learn from this scripture here in Philippians chapter 4. The first one comes from verse 15. Establish early. Faithful giving is established early. You need to establish it early in your Christian walk. You need to establish it early in your children that you are raising to be faithful givers. Paul commends the Philippian church by reminding them of how at the first preaching of the gospel, after he departed from their presence, Macedonia, they shared with him in the matter of giving and receiving. Verses 15 and 16. At that point, they were the only church the only church that took the initiative to send support to Paul as he was in ministry. Even when he was still in the central region of Macedonia, at the city of Thessalonica, shortly after he had left them, they sent gifts to him. Right from the start of their Christian experience, the Philippians had given. The principle is establishing it early. Paul never seemed to make his needs known. Have you noticed that? He doesn't say, please, I need some money. Please, I need this or that. Even his prayer requests, he didn't just put them out there, but he trusted in our sovereign God to provide for all his needs. When funds ran low, he simply went back to work outside of the church making tents until God met his need. Paul must have taught the Philippians early on the importance of faithful giving to support those in Christian ministry. Soon after he left town, they, they sent financial gifts to him. 
They would have been just a few months old as Christians go. A few months old of knowing our Lord Jesus as their Savior. But they were already practicing giving. If we want God to entrust us with souls, souls that would come into this church, we begin by providing our faithfulness in what to us is a big thing, money. But to God, it's such a little thing. The use of our money. It's like a test for us. Financial faithfulness includes giving, but also how we manage all of our material goods that God entrusts to us. Earning and spending, saving and giving generously should be an early lesson that we learn in our Christian walk. The first lesson on giving should be to understand that of a tithe. Perhaps the most, the most powerful text in the Old Testament concerning giving can be found in Malachi 3, 8 to 10. I'll repeat that because I want you to read it this week. Malachi 3, 8 to 10. Here God accuses the Israelites, God's chosen people, he accuses them of robbing him. And so God's chosen people say, how? How did we rob from you and God's response was by not making the payments of the tithe a 10% contribution the first fruits of everything that you get belongs to the Lord by you not giving that you have robbed from God God then went on to make a powerful challenge he said test me in this way giving your tithe and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. That's a powerful promise from our gracious, giving God. God does things the same way as he always has. You can still trust in him to come through with his power. When it comes to the New Testament, the actual word tithe is no longer mentioned. So what do you think? Does this mean that the message of giving to God in the Old Testament is no more? Nothing could be further from the truth. In light of what Christ has done for us on the cross, the amazing grace that we receive, our giving should be a reflection of what our heart treasures. Tithe to the local church. One that is faithful in teaching God's word like Dunphy Missionary Church, one that's interested in living the gospel, like Dunphy Missionary Church. And then even give generously above your tithe to offerings, like the mission that we're going to share today with Stephen Denae going to Uganda. Give generously is what we are told to do. For those of you that don't tithe, you probably wonder. Really? I know I did. When Pamela and I got married, I didn't. I never even knew what a tithe was. When we would go to church when I was younger and I'd sit in the pew with the family, 
my dad would open up his wallet as the offering plate came by, and if he had a couple extra dollars in there, he'd put it in the offering plate. I knew nothing about tithing. So Pamela and I were challenged. After we already began our life together in marriage and getting ourselves in debt and then finally trying to give our full life over to God, we had to figure out what this tithing was all about. Giving 10% before you go spend your money, before you decide to get into debt. And we found out that when we put a budget together and we started to give more and more to the church, our budget began to be met easily. Easier and easier. It, it just does not make sense. But it does make sense to God. So I challenge you, think about tithing if you haven't ever done it before. And teach your children early. If you know about tithing and you have children or grandchildren and you just love to give them a $10 bill when you see them, give them to them in ones. And teach them that one of those, the first one, is God's. That's the tithe. And they'll still be pretty darn excited with those $9 that are in their hand. That's how tithing works. Give generously. It takes faith because you have to trust that when you give your money, God is going to make up for it and provide for your immediate needs. What if I give and then some unexpected emergency comes up? What if I give and then I lose my job? I heard about a fellow who was struggling with the idea of giving 10%. 10% of his income to the church, he thought. And so he told the pastor that he just didn't see how he could possibly do it. He didn't know how he could do it and keep up with his bills. And so the pastor replied, if I promise, if I promise you to make up the difference in your bills, if you should fall short, do you think you could try tithing just for a month? <laughs> the guy thought about it for a little bit and said, you know, sure, I'll do that. I'll take you up on it. If there's any shortage, I guess I could try tithing for one month if you're going to make that up. And the pastor responded, now, what do you think of that? You say, you'd be willing to put your trust in a mere man like me? One with such little possessions and such little material things, but you don't think you can trust your heavenly Father who owns the whole universe? That's the issue at the heart of this matter of faithful giving. Will you trust the living God who gave his only son for you and gives generously and systematically, can you do that out of a heart of gratitude and love and worship? If you do, God does promise to meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus.
A second lesson on giving should be that we learn to take the initiative to looking for faithful Christian workers who are focused on the glory of God and the work of the gospel as Paul was. And then give generously also to them. In our own church, we have faithful people that are doing the work of the Lord. Steve and Danae, don't assume that their financial needs are being met. On March 21st, Maddie Moore is going to be here sharing the ministry that she's moving into out of faith as she graduates from college and walking out in faith that God is going to provide. Can we financially support them? Can we support and have an impact on her life as this church already has had an impact on her life through her upbringing. I know some people think, it's in college that I made this great decision for God. Don't think that her growth in this church had nothing to do with it. (laughs) You planted the seed. You watered it. Can we continue? Okay, second principle on faithful giving. Advance the gospel. Verse 16. We need to focus when we're giving on advancing the gospel. Paul was preaching the gospel, advancing the gospel in Thessalonica in verse 16. He had given each church where he worked an example of his hard work and his freedom from greed. There are those who claim to be serving the Lord, but they are lazy and they are greedy. Let me just say, don't give to them. If a TV or radio preacher pleads for money, I'm not saying don't give to any of them, but if they're pleading for money and they're saying, this ministry is going to go under, and I, I have no ministry, if you don't give today, let them go under. He's not trusting God. Look at his lifestyle. Maybe you could make a suggestion to him that maybe he could sell some of that junk from his luxury lifestyle and give it to his ministry. The scripture warns us about men who are in ministry for the money. The famous British preacher C.H. Spurgeon, Pamela and I have gotten to know him, it seems like, more recently. And the more I read about him, the more I, I love his teaching Um, He was like from the late 1800s, I believe, is when he was a preacher. And he wrote a lot. Uh, He once received a request from a wealthy man to come to their town to help them raise funds for a new church building. He told Spurgeon he could stay in his country home there. So Spurgeon just wrote back to him and he, he said, sell your country home and give it to the ministry. You may not even need to do any fundraising. Give to those who emphasize ministry, not money. Paul's focus was on preaching the gospel, not on his needs for money. He genuinely appreciated the gift that the Philippian church had given to him as he was spreading the gospel. He genuinely appreciated the gift from the Philippians, but he was more excited 
It says right here in verse 17, he was more excited about what it signified about their heart, their heart for God, that it represented fruit accruing in their account in heaven. As for himself, Paul said, I live by faith and I'm, I'm content with whatever God provides. The third principle on faithful giving we can learn from this scripture is from verse 17, invest in eternity. Paul says, I'm looking for what may be accredited to your account. These terms are common accounting terms that he was using when he wrote this. Paul is saying that when you give to the Lord's work, you're putting money into your account in the bank of heaven. And it pays guaranteed high interest rates for all eternity. Now let's consider the accounting of the world. Like I said, we have this finite mindset. If you have any money invested in stocks or mutual funds, you realize that the more risk you take, the more interest you can earn. But also you have the greater chance of losing what you put in. However, if you, you keep up with the news that's going on all around us, you will know that even the safe investments have no guarantees. Pamela and I can vouch for that. <laughs> that's happened in our life. Now consider the accounting of the kingdom of God. When you invest in God's work, there is no risk. And you get the highest possible return on your investment for all eternity, guaranteed by the very word of God. While we're here on earth, we should invest in our master's plan. A key part of his plan is to make friends for eternity, to see people come to Christ. By giving to the Lord's work, you are investing in souls for all eternity, it's the smartest investment that you can make. And the fourth principle is this. It needs to be motivated by worship. Verse 18, Paul call, calls their gift a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. These terms come out of the Old Testament where they describe the sacrifices of God's chosen people to him. You are giving to God. You are not giving to a pastor or to a church. You are not giving to the missionary or the mission organization. You are giving to God himself. It's God's work, the body of Christ. If Jesus Christ bodily walked up into the church today and he held onto that offering plate as you go to put your tithe in and you see that nail pierced hand as he's holding it and you looked into his eyes as you dropped your tithe and offering in would it make a difference in how you gave would you grudgingly say all right here's a few bucks or would you be grateful in the heart and the love of this man that was holding that offering plate and worship because he gave his entire life for you. 
Jesus said this, For where your treasures are, there your heart will be also. Our giving should be viewed as a part of our worship to the Lord. We should give to God out of a heart of love and gratitude to glorify him. Okay, and then there's the promise from verse 19. There's three parts to the promise. I'll try to be a little quicker. We're running out of time. But I'm not going to have a lot of sermons on money. So put up with me here. And this is God's promise. My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. What a magnificent promise. I want you to think about it in three parts. The first part of the promise is this. God is the source with whom we are in union with through Christ Jesus. Here again is Paul's intimate, personal relationship with his Savior. Giving to the Lord's work is not for anyone who does not know him through the cross. In fact, when we have visitors here, let's get this straight today, there should be no encouragement for them to give if they do not know Jesus Christ. If you know him as my God, if you know him by the faith that we have in Christ Jesus, then the privilege is for you to give. And the promise is for you of God's faithfulness toward you. If you do not know Christ, you cannot give to him until you receive him as a gift to you. It is none other than God who spoke the universe into existence, who promises to supply your needs when you faithfully give to him. God is our source. The second part of the promise is according to his riches, not according to our riches. The sufficiency is the riches of God for all of our needs. He promises to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. What a staggering promise. The God who owns the whole earth says that he will meet your needs if we give faithfully. It's a blessed thing to experience God working this way in your own life. What would you do if you had had a signed blank check from someone that, that was rich? And they said, here you go. Just use this check just in case you need it. It would probably make you feel comfortable, right? It's already signed. All you got to do is fill in the amount. But it would make you wonder, wouldn't it? How much can I really write this check out for? Our supply is a sufficiency from the bank of heaven. A blank check for all your needs. But how do we know that the check is good? That's part three of the promise that Paul writes about. It depends on God. It certainly depends on God himself, our Father in heaven. Blank checks are no good unless the person who signs them can back them up. By the check signed by God, the God I know personally, 
the God who is also our Father, verse 20. The God who has never in human history failed his children. The God who demonstrated his great love for us by giving his only son on the cross to die for us. That check is good. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Romans 8.32 If we meet the condition of faithful giving, then the promise is certain here in chapter 4 of Philippians. Our God and Heavenly Father will provide for all of our needs. You can count on it. So let's go back and think about those earlier questions. Do you give grudgingly and under pressure? If you do, you need to focus on the abundant grace of our Lord in your life. Are you kind of hit and miss about giving? You do it once in a while, but not very systematically. If so, you are probably not faithful in other disciplines that God calls us to be faithful in in our Christian life, such as devotions, such as prayer. Are you really seeking God for the city for these 40 days of prayer? Are you stingy and tight with your giving? If so, your love for the Lord is probably cold and it's probably sterile. Do you religiously give 10%? 10% only and take pride in it. If so, you are probably legalistic in your spiritual life and you are missing God's grace that is meant for you to be a generous giver. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for your message. We know that it's challenging for us, but we know that we can count on you because you are the God of this universe. You are sovereign. You know all of our needs. And Lord, you know the needs of Steve and Danae as they go to Uganda to share with the people there, not just by helping them walk, but Lord, by sharing your love of your son, Jesus Christ. We ask that you bless these giving, the giving that we put in the basket for them today. And may it be smashed down and multiplied in a way that we can't even understand so it will meet their needs and more people will come to know the love of Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we walk out from here today, may this message be challenging to us, but may it also be hopeful to us because you are so generous to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. This is amazing grace. Pastor mentioned it in his sermon that we should be giving because of what has already been given to us. This is amazing grace that he would bear our cross, that he would lay down his life.
Shake the whole world.